Hi, everyone. Master Jedi Colleen here, co-host of Bohemian Geek Studies and yet another Star Wars podcast. But I'm not only a podcaster, I'm also an author. My second novel was published last fall, and it debuted as number one horror novel on Amazon, which was really cool. If you like Stephen King, weird happenings in small towns, or just looking for a new writer, give my novel The Falls a try. It's set in Minnesota, where everyone wears that nice facade. Nothing is ever what it seems. Find The Falls by Colleen McMillan on Amazon and the Between the Lines publishing website. And welcome to another episode of Crackin' One Open with Mike and Elise. If you haven't figured it out by now, I'm Mike. Uh, I guess that makes me Elise. Process of elimination. There we go. You can be whoever you want to be, though, baby. Don't Aww. don't let me tell you who you are. Thanks. I appreciate that. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what are we cracking open today? This week, we are cracking open Citrus Rescue, an IPA from New Belgium Brewing, which is located in Fort Collins, Colorado. So back in June of 1988, a couple with a passion for home brewing were on a bike tour through Belgium, and they were inspired to bring home the flavors of centuries-old Belgian beers back home to Colorado. In March of 1991, they installed brewing equipment in their basement, but before that, they, quote, hiked into the Rocky Mountain National Park with a jug of homebrew in one hand, pretty sure that's some kind of illegal, and a pen and pad in the other. Together, they wrote down what they wanted to instill into this business dream of theirs. This included a laundry list of core values and beliefs, as well as their purpose statement, which is, quote, to manifest our love and talent by, by crafting our customers' favorite brands and proving business can be a force for good. So in June of 91, New Belgium began test brews of Fat Tire and Abbey Ale, which they sold for the first time later that month at the Colorado Brewers Festival. In October of 1993, Abbey Ale won a gold medal in the specialty category at the Great American Beer Festival in Denver. And at the time, Belgian beers were so rare in the craft beer scene that the festival actually had yet to make a category for them. Hmm. In October of 95, just three years after opening their production facility, they upgraded and relocated to their current location, which is just a couple blocks down the street. (laughs) In January of 99, they started an interesting tradition that continues to this day, awarding co-workers with a New Belgium branded anniversary bike. And actually, if you go on their website, you can see pictures of all the bikes and like all their different like themes and stuff. Wait, every year each customer gets, each employee gets one? Um, they they award a one of their employees right, with, one with of their the bike. Employees. Okay. Yeah. All right. That makes more sense. Yeah. No, it's it's not like Oprah. You get a bike. You get a bike. You get. No. Because <laughs> at, at some point after like my fifth bike, I'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah. I got nowhere to put these bikes. Yeah. Then in early 2000, New Belgium began experimenting with sours, releasing their first batch of La Folie Sour Brown Ale. This inaugural batch was aged in a collection of French oak wine barrels, but within a few months, the brewery acquired a uh, two-story French oak fooder, transforming its sour beer program. 
Now, one of New Belgium's core values that I mentioned earlier uh, is environmental stewardship. So in the summer of 2003, they created an in-house sustainability department that would go on to establish the brewery as a certified B Corp and 1% for the Planet member. And uh, A certified what? Certified B Corp. What's that mean? Um, good question, but it does come back around. Okay, continue then. <laughs> so they go into great detail about the ways that they can serve water, create energy, divert waste, reduce their emissions and carbon footprint. And you can even read about their high standards from where they source their ingredients for the beer. They are extremely transparent with everything they do. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And in December of 2012, the company became 100% employee owned. But today we're talking about Citrus Rescue, a quote, fruited IPA brewed with using oranges that may not be perfect by society's narrow beauty standards due to little scars and blemishes, but are just as adorable, healthy and delicious, end quote. According to their website, New Belgium brewed Citrus Rescue alongside fellow B Corps Imperfect Foods. So I, I'm assuming it has to, has something to do with st- sustainability and environmental impact and something like that. I told you it was going to come back around. I'm, I didn't say I was going to explain it. I'm look. I'm looking it up. <laughs> According to the website, New Belgium brewed Citrus Rescue along fellow B Corps imperfect foods with the goal of educating beer drinkers around about the state of our broken food system, working to change the perception around the aesthetics of food and encouraging more people to take steps to reduce their own food waste in our lives. Practices that can help alleviate hunger, slow climate change and support farmers. So Citrus Rescue clocks in at 6.5 ABV with an IBU rating of 30. The malts used include two row pale ale, malted, oats, and pale wheat. And the hops used include Chinook, Citra, Incognito, Galaxy, Nugget, Lotus, and Mosaic. That is a (laughs) crap ton of hops. Yeah, well, okay, so I'll I'll get to it. And this time it will be explained. (laughs) (laughs) New Belgium used approximately 35 thousand imperfect oranges from imperfect foods supply chain of farmers looking to sell previously unwanted produce. The beer was then dry hopped with citra, lotus, and mosaic to amplify those citrus flavors for a tangy orange fruited like experience. So okay. it's, it's hopped with some and dry hopped with others. Chinook hops were bred back in 1974 by Chuck Zimmerman while he was working for the USDA hop reading program. It was released in 1985 and found popularity with both mainstream and craft brewers. And for the most part, mainstream brewers like Coors liked Chinook for its bittering qualities. But craft brewers found that the flavor and aroma were something to be appreciated as well. So it's definitely a dual purpose hop variety. Chinook can be slightly spicy with a somewhat smoky slash earthy quality and it has an impressive piney kind of resiny character with distinct notes of grapefruit but its bitterness can turn catty when used in large quantities which is one of the common off flavors of beer when it's not brewed correctly or it goes bad it's funny because you can also get catty when you're not fed correctly (laughs) (laughs) shut up (laughs) Hanger's real, man. Although, before you move on to another hop. Yes. 
I don't think we've ever gotten the smoky taste out of Chinook. No, I don't think, I think so it's either. An interesting. This is the first time I've really paid attention to the set. The word smoky, smoky, earthy. Yeah. yeah, like earthy I get, but smoky, not so much. Smoky from any hop. Maybe. Mm, yeah, it's more from malts. I feel like. Yeah. We'll see. Citra hops, aka 114, were first bred back in 1990, and Citra's lineage includes U.S. Tetnanger, Hallertau Mittelfra, Mid, uh, Brewer's Gold, East Kent Golding, and an unknown variety of American wild hop. Citra hops are citrusy. citrusy. They have an ideal mix of high alpha acids and low cohumulone, which makes it good for bittering, but it's excellent as an aroma or flavor addition at any stage from pre to post boil. This is in large part due to its high mercine content, which is one of its major hop oils, and it's heavily associated with citrus, but it can also be found in mango, lemongrass, verbena, and grapefruit. Citra can also lend delicate and desired aromatics, including gooseberry, lychee, mango, melon, grapefruit, orange rind, which is appropriate now, and passion fruit. Galaxy hops are a unique Australian brand of hop that's descended from a German variety called Pearl. But what makes Galaxy unique is that it has the highest percentage of essential oils in the industry. It was first commercially produced in 2009 after nine years of testing and quickly gained popularity within Australia as well as overseas. It has amazing citrus, peach, and passion fruit aromas and is best used as a late addition um, as the flavor is very intense right when you use it and then it kind of mellows out as it matures. Galaxy hops have a flavor profile that is very fruity, like passion fruit, apricot and key lime, citrus and black currant, but no real kind of floral or spicy notes, which makes them very much in demand. Nugget hops are the daughter of Brewer's Gold and the mother of Millennium hops. It was released in 1983, and by 1987, it was producing 14% of the Pacific Northwest's hops. That's pretty impressive. That's a lot of hops. <laughs> its popularity dropped a bit over time due to the influx of new hop varieties, but it is still a very important hop in the beer industry. They have a super alpha acid content. They're actually considered one of the earliest super alpha hop varieties with low beta and low cohumulones, which gives it an excellent bittering kick that's popular for use in IPAs and Imperials and other just kind of really hoppy brews. Nugget hops are known to have a mild but noticeable herbal quality of woodiness along with a subtle spicy ginger note, but minimal citrusy notes and low fruity characteristics of peach, pineapple, and lychee. Lotus hops are pretty new to the scene, having just been commercially released back in 2019. Lotus is an experimental hop variety out of Hop Signer's breeding program, which includes other varieties like Apollo, Calypso, Bravo, and Eureka. <laughs> this is from Hop Signer's February 2019 article about the release. Quote, the majority of Lotus's genetic origin stems from Eastern gold a Japanese variety dating back to the 1930s, followed by a mix of Apollo, Cascade, and a USDA male. The USDA male was bred from an open-pollinated seedling of an American wild hop developed at Y College in England. Hmm. Um, and the, the cross from the USDA male 
with Neo-Mexicanus heritage adds an additional layer of complexity and uniqueness to this variety. Lotus offers exceptional aromatic characteristics, boasting waves of orange and vanilla, followed by notes of candied grape and tropical fruit aromas. And they say that they chose the name Lotus to recognize the rebirth of life because hops are a perennial plant and the celebration of harvest. And finally, we've got mosaic hops, a.k.a. Citra on steroids. They're the daughter of Simcoe and Nugget. Mosaic was released in 2012 and can be used for bittering, flavor, and aroma. It has high alpha acids but low cohumulone levels, making them pleasantly hoppy with flavors of mango, pine, citrus, and herbs, and giving them aromas of tropical and stone fruits. I noticed that you, when you were talking about the lotus hops, yeah, you kind of stuttered a bit. It's not so easy when you haven't talked about the hops a thousand times, is it? No, this is <laughs> this is only the second time that we've uh, talked about yeah. them, and the description is just very strange that that I pulled from the internet. So, so what do you think we should be looking for in this beer? Because you just gave me a thousand flavors other than citrus. I mean, I ain't getting that smokiness from that chinook. That's for sure. It's supposed to be a fruited IPA, so I'm thinking it's going to be extremely orange forward, and then it, it's got to be pretty hoppy since it's an IPA, and, and considering- dry hopped and has four well the, hops in it. I feel like the dry hops are really to accentuate the, the citrus? citrus. Yeah. Okay. So this is essentially the IPA version of a Blue Moon. That's what, yeah. And I'm also, I'm thinking it might be a cross between a Blue Moon and the the really orangey beer that we had down in Universal at Lombard's, the one that you had. Well, that was just orange madness. Yeah. That was like, I'm glad I had it the one time, but I don't know if I'd have it again. Okay. Well, hopefully this will be a toned down version then. <laughs> but that was but all like 35,000 oranges, I mean. Yeah, but that other beer was mostly orange oils and peels. That's true. That's true. It was more like essence of orange. Yeah, which is super bitter. Mm -hmm. All right. So I guess I should grab these uh, these brewskis. Let's do it. All, All right. right. And we're back. Before we crack these open. Yes. B Corps certification is a designation that a business is meeting high standards of verified performance, accountability, and transparency on factors from employee benefits and charitable giving to supply chain practices and input materials. Okay. There we go. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of what I assumed, like along the lines of what I assumed it would be. Well, I just your, didn't have so many words for it. There's your specific definition. All right. I brought it back around. Y'all didn't think I was going to bring it, but I brought it. I appreciate it. All right. Let's crack these open. Let's do it. We got some orange. Oh, yeah. Hops. Ooh, this is a. A very light color for what I was expecting, actually. Yeah, I was expecting something a little more orange. But I guess it makes sense that it's not, because fresh squeezed orange juice is more yellowy anyway. That's true. You get that. Oh. It's really, like, citrusy and hoppy. Right on that. the nose. I get that orange oil smell, too, a little mm -hmm. bit. Oh, you can tell there's orange in this. Oh, yeah. Maybe in the oil variety. I wonder how bitter it's going to be. It's kind be. of like a straw yellow. Yeah, straw Fairly yellow. Fairly hazy. Fairly hazy. Or pretty hazy. Nice lacy head on top. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
not too much carbonation looks like, but it's too hazy. Not to see. crazy, yeah. But we'll see. Clink, clink. Holy orange! <laughs> There's a lot of orange in this. That's awesome. The dry hopping really did like serve to accentuate it. Citrus. Wow. It's it's not distinctly orange as a citrus, though. It's just very citrusy. Well, no, I guess it is really. It's orange. It's pretty orangey. It's like orange plus like it's so it's almost tart. You are right that the citrus is like really accentuated. It's like yeah, it's orange. amplified. But it's not it's not lemony or limey or anything like that. No, but it does bring some of that soury characteristic to it. Yeah. Which you're right about. But that is like you're getting that orange flavor, but it's not mm -hmm. quite like super oil orange. It's not like. No. Like that orange beer I had at Lombard's. Which I can't remember the name of it. I know I named it in the episode. So mm -hmm. if you go back to that Universal episode, yeah. I, we do name it. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure our Instagram does showcase a picture of it. Mm -hmm. Um, It was more essential oils and orange oils and uh, peel. Yeah. Like and, it was and rind. rind. So it was the yeah, exactly. really bitter part of the orange, mm -hmm. which granted is also some of the most flavorful part of it. Yeah. But I think this has a lot of lemon juice in there. Like you can tell that there's orange a lot juice. of just- Oh yeah, orange juice. You said lemon juice. Did I? Yeah. I thought I just said juice. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell there's a lot of juice in there. Orange juice, obviously. My bad. Uh, and and not just the the oils that would make it too bitter. Yeah. Yeah. I this isn't. This so really isn't, isn't that bitter. I mean, you can tell it's an IPA. It's hoppy, but it's not especially bitter. Um, I think it's got a decent amount of bitterness. Like. It might have the juice in there, but there's also a decent amount of rind and oil that's coming mm -hmm. out of this. To it's really just more balanced, I guess, than I. It's definitely more balanced than that orange drink we had yeah. at Lombard's, which, like I said, I was I was glad I tried. But a, it was so oil, orange oil like, mm -hmm. and not very hoppy or malty that it just wasn't a beer anymore. Yeah, this one's definitely a beer, and I would I will say. It is kind of a IPA version of a Blue Moon. Yeah, I think you were pretty, pretty close with yeah. that description. That once, guess. once you squeeze the the orange into the into it, that's yeah. because you're squeezing that's both key. the juice and you squeeze the oil because you drop that orange peel after you've already squeezed it, which brings out the oils. Mm -hmm. So you have the oil and the extra juice mixed in. So yeah, that yeah. is essential in there to say like with the orange that Blue Moon with the orange. Mm -hmm. It's nice. This is really nice. It's, it has more carbonation than I would have guessed initially. Mm, yeah. I like that it's a short boy's chance mm -hmm. instead of like. It would be almost too much if it was a tall boy. I think it would be too much right now inside in February. Uh, But February. I don't know. I said February like that. February. February. Uh, in, in February. Yes. This is kind of. It, nah. It's seasonally inappropriate almost. In the summertime, like. I would absolutely have oh a tall boy. Oh my God, yeah. I'd crack open three of these and 
just get a really tall glass on the deck <laughs> and enjoy the sun and enjoy this beer. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really would hope this isn't like a one-off. Yeah. I mean, there gotta be tons of imperfect oranges. Keep on, keep on brewing them, man. That's why there's a whole brand about the, yeah, the fruits <laughs> and veggies. Um, but yeah, I really like this, but I do think it's more of a summer beer than a uh, winter beer. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think this is, if this is a limited time beer, it is poorly timed. You know what it would also be really good for? Brunch. As, an, uh, as a mimosa alternative. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I got about a mimosa alternative. Nothing wrong with mimosas. But I'll have both. <laughs> I do love me mimosas but yeah no you could absolutely if you want something a little less strong than maybe a mimosa because mm-hmm. mimosa will mess you up yeah if you're if you're not looking to nap at 2pm on a Sunday <laughs> uh, but absolutely yeah this goes right along with mimosas bloody marys and uh, what are the peach ones um, Bellini Bellinis yeah this goes right along with those mm-hmm. speaking of Someone owes me a brunch. I do. It's true. I'm holding myself accountable. I know. (laughs) (laughs) This is extremely drinkable. So good. It's so good. I'm very happy with this purchase. Why is this can purple? (laughs) Mm. So this can is purple. It's like a shiny metallic purple. Because orange and purple are opposites on the color wheel. I get that. But just make it all orange. <laughs> uh, but it's a shiny purple, a little bit muted, but it's a nice purple, uh, metallic purple, which is one of my favorite colors. Yeah, like metallic it's like, purple. Uh, Not my. It's almost color. like a. It can't decide whether it's fuchsia or eggplant. Yeah, it's a little bit in between. I'd rather it make up its mind. It's like one shade away from being perfect. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the the purple metallic purple like this is uh. At a character in the magenta? game. Would you call it magenta? Mm, a little off not magenta. Quite, yeah. Not quite. The video game Destiny, I had a character that was kind of this metallic-y purple and oh, gold. Oh, yeah. And then in City of Heroes, uh, which is an old superhero MMO, I had like an Iron Man ripoff guy that was purple and gold like this. Mm-hmm. Metallic. And then in Halo Infinite now, I'm waiting for the, oh, an yeah. armor where it's purple and gold. That's my, yes, you are. That's my wait list. I check the shop every week <laughs> to see if a new armor is like that. For some reason, I really like that metallic purple and gold look. Mm-hmm. So this is almost like that. So that's a turn on for me right there. Uh, the can is rather simple. I, I mentioned they were short boys. It's not a press on label. It's a big old heat sink label. I don't know. It, I, I still think I'm saying that term wrong. But we it's basically, it <laughs> it's not a sticker. It's it's the heat has pressed this label on. It just is citrus rescue and really plain font. Um, big, bold, kind of like aerial letters, white. I'd say Helvetica. (laughs) No brunch and corrected like that. (sighs) You're lucky you have a fur baby on your lap. I do. (laughs) She's so cute and passed out. Uh, New Belgium logo is a nice like orange color all the time, I think, on all their logos. Mm -hmm. And the Citrus IPA that's below Citrus Rescue is the same kind of logo and font. I think it's all the same font, just in different types of boldness. Mm Mm-hmm. And then the big sell is that the image on the can is a photograph of an orange that must be on green screen with googly eyes. And obviously it's an imperfect (laughs) orange. So it's this stupid looking orange 
with its leaves still on it with googly eyes. It looks like a Sesame Street character. Yep. This looks like it needs to be under the umbrella tree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is why it jumped out at me from the shelf. And what I really like is my orange is different than your orange. It is. Every can has a different ugly looking <laughs> stupid orange with well, googly eyes. No, I think it's just the back and the front are different. <gasps> no, I said it wrong. Yeah, you're right. Oh, I got excited. But still, I appreciate the... The change from the back yeah. to the front. So there's a back in front of the can, which are absolutely similar, except for the orange image on it. And then the bottom says Imperfect Foods with the Imperfect Foods logo. Uh, brewed with perfectly good, but imperfect looking fruit. Uh, and then the side of the can says Citrus Rescue India Pale Ale with orange juice, orange peel, and natural flavors. It does not list the hops on the can, which I think is very interesting. I mean, obviously there's a bajillion I don't of them, know if um, the other, what was the other New Belgium one that we did? I can't remember, but we've had a bunch of New Belgium beers. Oh, the Voodoo Ranger. Yes. Um, the Atomic Pumpkin one. That's not the only New Belgium we've had though, right? I thought we had mm, a New Belgium. That's the only one we've done for the cast. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if that did either, but that was a pumpkin beer, so it doesn't really have to. Yeah, that's true. You'd think one that was an IPA, they usually list their hops. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, there's a thing on the side of the can. In between the two similar uh, sides, there's what? a little orange writing that says, Orange, you glad this fruit didn't go to waste? No. Yes. Puns. Oh my God, I didn't even notice that. Puns. I'm so glad you found that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say... If you had, if I had seen that, I wouldn't have bought this beer. <laughs> Some people love puns. Some people will run away. Some from people puns. are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. That's so great. Yep. Uh, this beer is great. You know what this is? What? It's a mix between Blue Moon with orange in it mm-hmm. and the Spring Ale oh. um, that we Ooh, had also which covered. Should be coming out soon with all the lemons. That's what this kind of reminds me of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. Just an orange version of the lemon. Yeah. Or they use so much of the fruit that you can't like escape it. It's part of it. And it's yeah. like so nice and refreshing and summery, which is weird because this is summery and it's the winter time. Yeah. <laughs> it's so out of season. That, yeah. That would it's literally upsetting. that would literally be my only complaint about this beer is that it came out too soon. <laughs> because while I'm enjoying my 12, my 12 ounce can, which granted, I think more beers need to come in short form. I don't think we need. Yeah, we don't. All, we don't need tall boys all the time. I mean, there are so many beers that we've had on this cast that I really like that are tall boys. And then, with like it, co- I, it gets to a point where we literally avoid it because we don't want to commit to that entire can. Or yeah, we're not thirsty we have, enough yeah, for we it. Yeah, we have some like of those beers dinner. still in the fridge for forever, especially yeah. when it's the higher proof. It's just like. You can't knock a 12 ounce. Like, uh, we might do a beer podcast, but we're not alcoholics. At some point, it's like, I don't want this. Yeah. I don't want this. Or I do want this, but I only want a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. Especially stouts. Yes. That are higher proof. Absolutely. I would I would drink so much more in terms of like. Stout the and heavy, porter. Yeah, the heavier beers if they did not only come in tall boys. Yeah. It's like, that's why sometimes I'll, I'll love them at the brewery on tap. Mm-hmm. I won't drink them at home because I'm forced to get a 16 ounce uh, can of it. Mm-hmm. Like not everybody wants a pound of beer. This is that heavy. No, thank you. Liquid pound. It's a bit much. 
No, this isn't much. This is a summer beer where you can keep on drinking it. It's refreshing and it it won't weigh you down. Mm-hmm. You drink it right in the sun's beams. You get your vitamin C and D all at once. Well, New Belgium, I think after all your you Voodoo Rangers good. and this, I'm not telling you I'm having a fat tire again because I, I, I've tried it numerous times. I don't like it. But I'll try things with the regular New Belgium logo on it. I'll try your Abbey beer or whatever it is. Abbey ale. Abbey ale. That's confusing because there's also a Jack's Abbey. Yes, there is. That's an entire (laughs) brand, actually. And we, no, we didn't do Jack's Abbey. We did the offshoot of their brand. Yes. Um, That was a while ago and I don't remember what it is Yeah, that was last summer. So we'll have to look through our podcast. You'll you'll have to listen to all the back episodes to get to that. Oh, I think it was called Offshoot. It was Relax by Offshoot. Check out I'm, our Relax by Offshoot episode. I'm fairly <laughs> confident that's the case. Uh, but yeah. This beer is great. It's very Citrus fantastic. Rescue. Uh, Imperfect Foods, I believe, does boxes, right, that you can order. Mm-hmm. And you just get all these things, which I think is a really good idea. Yeah. I've seen ads on I've, Instagram, I've but I haven't seen them in a while. I've honestly like, debated getting it for a while. I'm pretty sure my, my best friend, Joanne or one of my best friends, Joanne, um, recommended this box to us uh, quite a while ago, actually. Um, we just never signed up for it because... Uh, we were shifting gross- schedules. Uh, yeah, are so coordinating meals eat. are ex- is extremely difficult for us. <laughs> but if we could, we'd get a whole box. Yeah. But I, I think that's a really cool idea mm-hmm. because when you chop them up and cook them, they're going to taste the exact same. Yeah, exactly. So just because it's ugly doesn't mean it ain't delicious. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. That's all I got. Well, that's cool. Well, thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. And if you enjoyed it, please rate it, review it, share it with your friends, and subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can find us on crackandwhenopen.com or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Open, or shoot us an email at open at gmail.com with any comments, questions, or suggestions because we always want to hear from you. Woo! Woo! What you got? Well, you can buy my audiobooks on audible.com, which is a subset of Amazon uh, under Michael Butler. I've got a bunch of books, Sour, The Final Girl, Progressive Entrapment, Coffee at Midnight. Those are some of my horror novels that you can buy. Uh, I, I don't write them. I just narrate them. So you can listen to me narrate, do accents, do emotions, do some acting, which, by the way, is what I am, uh, my main profession. Well, not my, I guess not my main profession, the profession that I was trained to do. Uh, and then you can listen to some other books. I have Vacation Planet, which is a sci fi novel. And I've got Switch Art Fraud and Gangsters, which is like a Guy Ritchie art fraud theft novel uh, done with a whole bunch of British accents, uh, which is pretty cool as well. Or you can listen to Forgotten Cinema, a podcast with my buddy Mike Field, where we look at movies that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with audiences in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the film. Maybe don't love about it, but we always recommend you revisit it. Uh, you never know. You might find your own Forgotten Gem. Forgotten Cinema is available wherever you get your podcast. ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com. Uh, 
or ForgottenEntertainment.com because it is part of the Forgotten Entertainment family uh, where we have a whole bunch of different podcasts, uh, web series, stuff like that that you can check out that are all really great. Uh, Forgotten Cinema is uh, TheBomb.com. So check it out. That's all I got. And a special thanks for our theme, which is composed and performed by Joe Reichert. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers. Orange, you glad I didn't say more orange jokes? Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Ha, 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 ha,